On this podcast, we like to discuss the most recent installment of a different series every show. As such, we'll be talking over part one of the four-part Showtime series, referencing the reviews and playing some games. It's April 12th. You're listening to today's episode. I do have a quick game for you if you want to play it. Sure. All right. It's about heists, but this one's food-related heists. It's food-related? There's, there's a people, lot of, there's there's people a lot of who... heists that happen in the world that we just don't really think about. But there's people that steal food? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So one of these isn't true, though. So you had to identify which one I feel like one, one of these is going to be like the golden pizza guy, and some people actually tried to <laughs> rob him out. These are all pretty big. There's okay. There's a lot of... Uh, but so any that I might have heard of before? Maybe. All right. You know, I, I had heard of one before because of the Netflix series Dirty Money. So uh, maybe you, if you've seen that. Uh, the first one is Red Vine Heist. In 2014, security footage confirmed three strangers loaded up and stole 70 pallets of red vines in the middle of the night from a warehouse in Pennsylvania. Though the price tag was only a tepid $17,000 worth of product, they were never caught. <laughs> okay. All right. The next one is the Wisconsin Cheese Heist. And in 2016, these are back-to-back I know there, cheese heists. there has to have been some... Yeah, I think I've heard of cheese heists before. Oh, cheese heists happen yeah. all the time, but these were these were kind of big. Okay. Two criminals who knew exactly what they were looking for stole a truck cab from another company and parked it across the street from a lot with the cheese. So there was a truck with cheese, and there was a truck that they rented. And once they located the trailer full of cheese, um, they, co- they confirmed its contents. They pulled the cab around hooked it up to the trailer, and drove off with the $70,000 worth of cheese. A week later, across the state, $90,000 worth of Parmesan was stolen. Okay. I like to think it was one big Parmesan <laughs> roll. Like, it wasn't even a bunch of different tiny rolls. It was, like, one big $90,000 when, when did this take place? This again? happened in 2016. Okay. Back-to-back. Yeah. Another back-to-back heist was the Nutella, Nutella chocolate heist, where 20 tons, that's 40,000 pounds, of Nutella was stolen in 2017. And a week later, I think the German authorities had to come out in a paper and say something along the lines of, if anybody's selling a lot of chocolate to you, be suspicious. (laughs) A week later, a separate trailer filled with 30 tons of fruit juice was then stolen within that weekend. All right, so we have the we have the Nutella, the the uh, cheese, and the red vines. Yes, and the last one is the Great Canadian Maple Syrup Heist. Oh my God! Okay, this yeah. is a heist that lasted for over a year, from 2011 to 2012. The thieves used trucks to transport barrels to a remote sugar shack, where they splint siphoned off maple syrup refilled barrels with water then returned them to the facility <laughs> so it was like a breaking almost, bad thing i was thing. gonna say the breaking it was bad straight train. up from the yeah <laughs> <laughs> but they were caught this way an inspector came in just to check out the thing and he ended up tripping over one of the barrels expecting it to explode with maple syrup but it was nearly empty uh-huh. so they were they were just like okay something's going on here and then they like i think they did catch some of these people um but yeah so those are the four of them and uh, I'm going ones? to guess that the one that's fake is the red vines one. Is that just because I was adding like subcontext with everything else? And then no, it was actually because you added uh, subcontext to the other ones, like the Nintendo one. That's what I'm one. saying. The Nint- yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, yeah. I was just like adding a bunch of stuff afterwards. I found the other one so interesting. <laughs> I had to give it away, sort of. The red vine high sounds interesting though. Like that could happen. Seventy pallets. <laughs> Seventy pallets compared to the other things. That was I. Four Forty thousand pounds of chocolate, 
of Nutella. Yeah. Like of no, I think that's I, like a freaking cement truck. I had Nutella. to. I had to have heard the Nutella one before because well, that's no. There've so been familiar. more than one. Wait, there've been more yeah, than yeah, one. Yeah, before Nutella? before the 2017 <laughs> one, there was like one in 2004 or something that also people stole a bunch of Nutella. They really liked their Nutella back in uh, or up in England. Um, so well, I yeah. heard the title for this show, and I heard that it was a docu series. It's kind of funny, but I thought that this was going to be like a history on how they discovered lightning or something like that. I thought you were going to tell me you thought this was like the next Percy Jackson show because you know that one's coming out pretty soon right well yeah but no I knew it was going to be a documentary series though but I really okay. did think that this was going to like take place in the 1800s and I was going to like see recreation it's a period piece yeah but no I so it was like very shocking when it started out and I was seeing like robberies and journalists come in and even heavyweight champions and I was like are they just coming in for the publicity of it all because this like goes through 15 minutes even before we hear the name Lee Murray, who was the one who orchestrated this robbery. Apparently, I think it was like the biggest robbery to ever happen in London. Mm -hmm. uh, Almost $100 million if you were to convert it. Yeah, yeah, because 20 million quid was stolen. Originally, they thought it was 1 million quid at different points. And then you get like all these different interviews. In fact, it's kind of overwhelming at the beginning because of how many different people they start like showing. You have Andy. He was a detective sergeant of Kent Police. Paul Chestnut, Duncan Campbell. They're both journalists. Anderson Silva, again, a former UFC member. And then Dave O'Donnell. A, a former UFC member considered the best UFC, UFC member of all yeah. time. Or like, not player, but like athlete of all time. I think it was a champion yeah so you think <laughs> okay all right yeah so yeah well, like after all this happened i was interested to see where the show was going and i mean i was surprised that from what you're saying that part one didn't deal mainly with just lee murray's career i thought maybe you wouldn't even know that it was a heist show well that's actually the thing because uh like after the first 15 minutes which i found pretty entertaining that's when we hear lee murray and that's when we switch almost completely not only uh the the tone of the show also the history of the show but even the people that are interviewed for the show mm -hmm. i mentioned all those people that that like again the detective sergeant and the journalist but no, no no they like end up going away after those first 15 minutes yeah. and then it is just a ton of ufc members talking about lee murray mm -hmm. and apparently this guy was incredibly violent if you were on his wrong side he would not have a problem beating you up and i'd say like 50 percent of what they were he's saying like, was interesting. i mean conor mcgregor is is pretty violent himself outside of the ring too. i think no but, but this guy was like a gang member he had ties to yeah paul allen yeah he, he he would get stabbed over the weekends like when he went out to bars there's actually like a huge segment of this episode that is dedicated to an alleyway brawl that ended up happening is that the one where he got his nipple cut off from what I understood. What? No, I don't... Yeah, apparently he had his nipple cut off one week, and then the next week he got into an even crazier <laughs> thing where he almost died three times, and then he still wanted to just go back to fighting. But by then the sponsors were like, I don't think we can put this guy out there on TV and have all these, like, random scars on his body that might open up. <laughs> so, yeah, his career was... was very interesting. I think you should think whenever Lee Murray, because I didn't know anything about like UFC or or him in general, or mixed martial arts. I, or I think anything. you have to think of him as like Michael Jordan, but angrier, meaner, and also just like he's not crazier. He's not the considered the best MMA fighter of all time. He did lose. You had people. He's, he's one. He's very good. You had UFC members saying that he was the most determined MMA uh, fighter ever, uh -huh. and that he was like would practice the most. Like you had people saying that he 
basically was the best. I wouldn't say he's the Jordan of it, but yeah. All right. So you learn about this guy. Do you start at his like childhood and work your way up? Yeah, and that's that's when the show was interesting. You learn that he was kind of in the London version of the projects, mm-hmm. and uh, and yeah, he didn't really have that much like of a father figure growing up. Okay, um, and that that kind grew of grew up in poverty, but I think he his dad was Moroccan. Like I think they have talked about him before. Well, sorry, actually, they might have thought a figure. What I was thinking was more the teachers. Like, they even said this. The teachers sold cannabis to students. And, like, apparently hmm. he was... That's how bad of an area he was living in at the time. And then he was in and out of prison. Again, he was working, as we said, with known criminals. I think, the, like, the main member's name was Paul Allen. And 1998 is when he met his wife. And, in fact, you even get his wife uh, interviewed in this episode. She's completely in black. Like, you can't see her face. Oh, wow. They say that her name is Nicola I wasn't sure if that was true but also like I'm sure her voice is also kind of modulated so you can't really tell who it is they also interview his friends and then yeah he like kind of joined the MMA around I think 2000 where he trained with this really tough group and uh, that's when we kind of learn about this guy named Pat they even interview him in the show and I think that he was the person to really train and kind of bring Lee Murray uh, like (laughs) bring his like inner rage kind of out because Mm -hmm. when he whenever he would fight i know that you said that he would lose some but they only really ever show uh clips of him like winning and just like completely pummeling people mm-hmm. in fact even during one of the fights it's it's near the ending and i forgot who he's fighting but i think it's the last fight they show he like oh it's jorge rivera that's actually his name okay uh, he like walks out as hannibal lecter yeah and i yeah, thought yeah, yeah. that's I, a- that's a known thing. I mm-hmm. thought that they were going to, like, show him losing because they even show him on the ground. But, no, he ends up, like, using his legs and somehow putting him in, like, a triangle chokehold and winning. It's it, it's craziness. And it's kind of fascinating to hear about. But you always, it seemed like, for, fi- for the other 50% of the show that I was talking about, get either one person talking about Lee Murray. And then they'd be like, he's someone you didn't want to mess with. And then you would have, like, five other people coming in there being like, yeah, Lee Murray was just insane. Lee Murray was you didn't want to get on his bad side and it would continually be so repetitive like you can only hear someone was so hard working so many times and then be hit over the head with it from all these other UFC members being like yeah I can't believe also you have to keep in mind with boxing or even like because I'm saying UFC um and then I'm thinking like WWE even like where it's all about the hype right yeah the hype up to the fight and though mma is like a real sport where people are are putting their lives out there they're i mean they're getting beat up real bad well no like, lives lives isn't actually a bad thing to say because like i was saying a huge segment i'd say 20 minutes or so was dedicated to apparently this brawl that happened so uh tito he was apparently a different fighter i think that he also is considered to be one of the best um he kind of had a bad run-in with lee murray when they first met and uh, on that first night when they're all in an alleyway um like one of tito's members i think his name was Bo, went up to pat and like playfully choke hold him but didn't actually apply any pressure however one of them saw this and thought that he actually was choking pat so then it led to like a punch and everyone just started apparently fighting he got so bad in fact and this is yeah but this was where it was interesting it got so bad in fact that like the police ended up showing up to the alleyway but pat had to go up to them the, the police and be like look a, you don't have guns. B, 
be these are dozens of trained fighters if you go in because there's literally this like mosh pit of just people fighting in the background as pat is explaining it to them Mm -hmm. he's like if you go in there you're gonna die like there's no way that you guys are going to make it out alive and as much as it seemed like sometimes some of the mma uh fighters might have been like um inflating their own ego it does make sense i mean these people when you saw the like workouts that they were going through and just how determined they were especially for for a fight like boxing yeah and how bad they would pumble some of these people i mean it made sense why they would do that okay so at what point did they say okay lee murray's career has taken a turn and he's almost over and now he's going to shift or did that not happen yet that didn't happen yet and it seemed like and this is what i like about the show again another twist it seemed like lee murray wasn't alive but i think he is i think he's going to be in the show you hear him at the very end at least on in jail oh he's definitely alive and they have used prisoner um what are they called uh archival security footage from the heist but i thought oh yeah you know prison phone calls that's what they use prison phone okay so that might so that was probably one of the things that we heard at the very end of the episode that's how they ended never before heard and so that's what they added to the series yeah and no and it is interesting because i think it was like six members that were that were part of this robbery that's when they do bring the detective sergeant of the kent police um andy back and i should also mention they say that kent is this very populous area because it's right next to london so a lot of tourists are always kind of going through there and it's the gateway into so many other places in europe Mm -hmm. so i mean yeah so i mean overall it was way more interesting than i thought it was going to be so you liked it? I would say so, yeah. I, I think that it does pass, but uh, I it just... I mean, docuseries these days are pretty good if they're put together well, and it seems like this one added new stuff. It's produced a little bit by Sports Illustrated, showed up on Showtime. It's just cool because, like, this is a story that happened back in, what, 2006, and then in 2008, the Sports Illustrated classic, as they call it, Breaking the Bank, came out, which kind of outlaid every single thing that happened step by step. In a, in in a this special ro- issue. In this robbery. And then Sports Illustrated is now like sort of producing it. And oh, so, like, okay. So I'm wondering how much of that they took from that, but that was called Breaking the Bank. This is called Catching Lightning. I mean, as far as, what, what do we have to compare it to? Uh, how to Rob a Bank? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, going back all the way to our 17th podcast, How to Rob a Bank, but I actually have it here. Like, I think Forensic Files even is a fine thing to compare it to. Uh, going into the fiction side, Heels and Creed, there are definitely, when you see some of how the How much fights, of Heels is the, in this? How I much was, are they able to pull from that? So I know that Heels is like uh, WWE, like the fake stuff, right? Yeah, and it's literally called like, Heel as in the bad guy. But I think it's more just like kind of, again, the wrestling aspect of it all because you always hear the crowd in the background and see the crowd and it seems like everyone is into that as well i know that was a huge part of heels kind of with the production and then they also put in some like dramatic recreations do you see a lot of those yes okay so this is what i was glad about i was going to bring that up so you do see that in the first 15 minutes and i know that shows like to do that and it's not the fact that they were sometimes they're so corny though like i think andy richter talked about being in one once it always 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 reminds me of the tobias funk arrested development no matter (laughs) how good they are i'm always going to see it and for that i always kind of have a negative view of them thankfully they really don't depend on that i'm sure that as the show even the actors i was like who are these people i can't find them in anything else (laughs) yeah because i'm sure as the show goes into more of the robbery you probably will see more of those uh, dramatic recreations i was just glad that they definitely toned it down and by the point that you get to them actually talking about lee murray it's not even really a problem because again they just kind of resort to old clips which is way more interesting i think kind of uh gives you more information as well so how much 
of the heist have you not figured out yet or have you not been told? Does it still feel like three-fourths? I at hope. this, I, I, Yeah, I think yeah. so. At this point, we only know that Lee Murray was probably the one. just know the amount, yeah. Yeah, we, we know the amount and we know that he was probably the one who I think was the main person. The kinda, Yeah, behind the situation. But except for that, it was either four or six people. Yeah, we don't have any information on them at all. We only know that, again, the detective sergeant originally got a call, I think, in the middle of the night or like 4 a.m., and he learned that it was one million quid, and then when he got to the actual place, one of the officers was like, "No, it's twenty million. Yeah, I'm not going to ruin too much about the actual thing if people want to watch the rest of the series. However, I will say that it's speculated that had they stolen less amount, had they not been greedy and gone for the biggest <laughs> bank heist in like all of history, or at least in modern history, they might have gotten away with it. Well, they because show, they do because the the international like spotlight went on them when it became that big a news story. Yeah. Had they cut off at just a few million dollars, they're saying, "Hey, these guys had such a decent starting plan that it may have gone out uh, differently." Even with the amount that they stole, mm-hmm. they do show some of the police officers, and even with the international spotlight on these robbers, still couldn't figure it out. Literally, you had one of the police officers in an interview going up, being like, "Yeah, this is one of the." The most like highly orchestrated and, and and planned out attacks that we've ever had to deal with in the in london mm-hmm. and it's funny because in the sports illustrated article they also say that these guys aren't necessarily the smartest blokes in the in the world but uh <laughs> but but that's more comes along later once the heist is over it's pr- produced by bat bridge entertainment the director behind it pat condolis he has uh, done things like The Scheme, LBJ Triumph and Tragedy, Outcry, those are all documentaries. I was ask, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, as far as the reviews, they've been pretty good. Like the Rolling Stone gave it a positive one. Um, it has, I think, like a seven point something on IMDb. Obviously, not a lot of people have seen it since it just came out. And it's also on Showtime and it's also a docu I will give this a six out of ten mm-hmm. because... I uh, like you. The rest of it. Uh, yeah, 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 I'm probably not going okay. to. Uh, I know it's only four parts, but it seems like the episodes are kind of long. In fact, I think the pilot is the shortest. Oh, is it? But also, uh, just the amount of people that repeat themselves. This could have been 45 minutes had they not had <laughs> that's, that. That's a lot of sports documentaries. That's yeah. even the Jeter documentary. I mean, that's fair, but it did kind of bring it to a point where I was just like, I get it after a certain while. You can only hear Lee Murray was such a violent guy so many different times. Uh, one thing he does at the end of the episode I didn't mention yet is that he was uh, he, after he wins against Jorge Rivera, he calls out Tito, who's in the crowd watching, and he's like, I want to have a fight between you and me and your real man if you uh, choose to fight me and that's when one of the mma fighters that they interview says it would have been a massive fight had it happened so that means that lee murray right after he did that basically is when he did the uh robbery i'm wondering if maybe huh i'm what hmm that's interesting. Okay. I'm wondering if maybe they implement some of his career in the next three episodes. I, I imagine they have to. Like sort of with uh, The Last Dance where Jordan's career, like from the beginnings, humble beginnings to his, and then they showed the back end too. So like they showed the robbery at the same time. At the beginning, I thought that it was going to be, okay, we're going to get Lee Murray and then we're going to get the other people, their backstory. But it just seems like it's probably going to focus on him the oh, most. For sure. I think that if you're really into wrestling, you're probably going to find this pretty entertaining. And I'm sure that they got a ton of people that i just don't know that are that are huge names it's weird how andrew silva came out of retirement or whatever to fight freaking jake paul and then lost that makes the series worse (laughs) i think in my mind (laughs) but that's my ending thought all right thanks for listening we'll see you on the next episode hope you enjoyed this one bye bye